0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, this is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio, now on the C-Suite Network. Very excited about today's Uh, interview and as a matter of fact i'm going to keep my introductory remarks very very short because i want you to hear as much as you can from brian eisenberg who uh, just sent me a copy of his latest book be like amazon even a lemonade stand can do it Uh, jeffrey and brian eisenberg with roy williams are the authors Uh, jeffrey and brian are brothers but uh, I met Brian through our program that I, I work with, with IBM. Uh, we're on the Futurist Program, uh, Futurist Influencers. So we get to go to great conferences, learn about what's happening in the future of business, specifically marketing, customer service, and uh, related areas. And we tweet, we write articles, we, we do uh, tweet chats, uh, Facebook Live. It's really a pretty cool way of, of a company marketing by getting a, Group of people who have pretty decent following in social media and talking about what they believe and what they love about the products that are coming out from these different companies. So Brian and I met there. Fascinating book, Be Like Amazon. So uh, I, I basically, and as we do this interview, uh, the book is actually just coming out in hardback. It's been around as an ebook for quite a while. So I managed to get the ebook. And, boy, you know, I'm the kind of guy, I'm a little bit old-fashioned. I love a real book because I like to bend the pages, dog-ear the pages, if you will, make notes, underline, highlight, that type of thing. And there's so much information in this book. Uh, I don't want this set up to be an advertisement for the book, but I'm just going to tell you there's lots of information, not just about Amazon, but different companies that are represented uh, throughout the book. So... I love Amazon. You know I love Amazon. Why do I like Amazon? Well, they started out. I'm going to say close to twenty some odd years ago. Uh, They started out as a bookseller, and they decided, hey, let's let's be big in the world of books. Let's sell books at lower prices. Let's do it so it's really convenient for the customer. They can go online. They can see the books. They can read excerpts from the books. And by the way. What I just snuck in is I said, let's be convenient for the customer. As you know, if you've been listening to my shows, if you've been reading my articles, if you've been following me at all, one of the biggest areas that I believe any company can improve in the area of customer service is to start thinking about how they can be more convenient to their customers. I mean there's a reason Amazon has been so successful is they figured out how to create customer convenience. It's not just going online, clicking a button here and there, uh, but they've made it easy with one-click shopping where you see an item, you click on it It's bought that fast once you've set the system up and getting it delivered. uh, If you use Prime, it's free shipping, two-day shipping on most of the items that Amazon has. And uh, think about it. Even if you don't use Prime, you still get the item shipped to your door. I talked about this last holiday season where uh, it it was easier to go online and buy an item because Amazon, in a number of markets, set up two-hour delivery and these are, this is two hours of delivery and the peak of Christmas season and holiday season when people are out in the malls and maybe there's bad weather because it's winter. So if you got in your car and you... Uh, drove through any kind of inclement weather or even regular weather and it's just heavy traffic outside and you get to the mall which is jammed with people you've got to look for a parking spot you've got to go inside you've got to dry uh, walk around you've got to finally find the item in the store that you're looking for and then you wait in line and you check out and you get back in your car and there's all the traffic to get out of the mall and then you finally get home and you know what if you'd have gone on Amazon maybe if you would have bought it then and uh, the market where they have the 2 hour delivery That item might have been to you before you would have gotten back anyway. So think about that. Convenience is huge. We're going to talk more about that uh, in the upcoming year as I am writing a book that's focusing on just that very topic, how to be the most convenient company uh, to be and do business with. So with that in mind, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Brian Eisenberg about his book, be like Amazon. Hey, even a limousine, uh, even a limousine, even a lemonade stand can do it, which means that you can do it, too. So this is Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. Chef Heiken here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips, online. 365 days a year. Just go to www.ShepOnDemand.com. Once again, that's ShepOnDemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here. We're back on Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Network. And I promised you an amazing interview again And this time we're talking to Brian Eisenberg, the co-founder of Buyer Legends. He's the co-author of the Wall Street Journal, Business Week, USA Today, and here's the big one, New York Times, best-selling books, Call to Action, Waiting for Your Cat to Bark, Always Be Testing, and Buyer Legends. And he's just come out with a brand new book. I'm really excited about this one because I am a huge Amazon fan, and the book is titled Be Like Amazon. Even a lemonade stand can do it. Basically, we're saying anybody can do it. And I was reading through the boy, a book. There's tons, and I mean tons for this short little book, tons of valuable lessons. It's written uh, as a parable, as a story, and uh, we're going to talk about the book and some of the lessons from it. Brian, welcome to Amazing Business Radio.
1: I am so excited to be here.
0: Man, I can't tell you. I, I got into the book, and there's some really great things. So let's just start by talking about this book. It's a little different than most books. It's very short, uh, very to the point with lots of lessons. But as I mentioned, it's a story. So let's get into it. Tell us a little bit about it. And, and, and don't give us too much. We want people to go to Amazon. We want them to buy the book. So we're not going to give you the whole book here. We're just going to give you the nuggets that make you want to go out and buy it.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, it's a it, it, funny story about how the book came about. So, um, you know, this is our sixth book. And we came to Roy. This is a book we actually wanted to write a little over three years ago, uh, but we knew it was just overly complex, and we didn't we didn't want to overly complicated. And so we finally were talking to Roy, and he said, okay, you know, let's spend a day, give me everything you've got. And we spent probably like five six hours with him, going over presentations and notes and research and all the different pieces we had. And, and he finally stopped and says. I got it. Yes, this is the book that needs to get out to everybody today. This is the question a lot of his uh, clients are starting to ask him as well. Everyone's starting to ask, you know, how can I be a little bit more like Amazon? How do I Amazon myself? And he said, okay, you know, I don't want to make this into a textbook. We got to make this enjoyable. Uh, You know, people have to have fun reading a book uh, or else they're not going to absorb it. Uh, we actually talk about that, by the way, in Chapter 11, uh, the four secret ingredients on what makes a great presentation and a great book, uh, which is you need to get people to have entertainment. They need to have their big idea, which, of course, we have several of them in there. And, of course, you also need to have um, your how-to. And like you said, there's a lot of nuggets in, that got packed in here, even though it's, a, like you said, a business fable or, you know, or a novella with real character development. And then, of course, hope. Because that's what we want to give all kinds of businesses. That the fact is, yeah, you know what? While Amazon's doing 43% of e-commerce uh, uh, today, that you know it still only represents about 10% of all retail sales. And so if they learned the lessons from Amazon, they too can be dominant. They just got to follow the playbook.
0: Right. So I'm going to get this. You, you've already given us great insight. Uh, four important points. Entertain them. Uh, the big idea. The how-to behind what we're doing, you got to give them some how-to, and then you have to give them hope as if they can do it. Because if you inspire them properly and, and make them realize they can attain it, uh, that's good. And those are four points. If you're making a sales presentation, if you're talking to a customer service uh, or in a customer service situation where... A, A customer is uh, having an issue, wants to buy something, aren't sure they're supposed to buy it. They're asking a lot of questions. I mean, these four principles work in all different types of situations. Hey, if you're talking to your kids about, you know, hey, let's talk about the goal of making good grades. Why do we want to do that? And I don't know about the entertain them part of that, but... (laughs)
1: Oh, but, but you know what? It's
0: all about telling stories. It is. It's We're with telling stories. Yeah. When right? I was you a kid, I used to stories. go to school. I used to walk both directions uphill. No, that's not the story. Though. Yeah. In, in the snow.
1: In the know, snow. You know, while I'm living here in Austin, I can't, you know, it's kind of funny to tell my kids that, but yes.
0: That's great. That's great. So you said, I love it. It's a novella, and there's character development. And really, there's, there's three characters. Two of them are in the book. And one is reading the book. Is that a good yes. way of saying it?
1: Um, there, I, So let, let's put it There's really a third, almost like a third character in the book, which is you, the reader. Right. That's me. Yeah. You're right. You're 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 that extra character who's kind of like that fly on the wall and just you know absorbing this this you know firestorm of, of uh you know the fire hose of information that's just coming at you and um you know the main character poobah you know who obviously is you know uh, very successful we can tell that from the book um and you know is a student of business and he shares these great stories and insights from you know from kodak and walmart and you know, to HVAC companies and jewelers and I mean, just all kinds of companies to 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I mean, talk, we're And talking
0: about sexy businesses here. Come on. Right. Got um, junk. Junk, if you're the head of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, is a very sexy business.
1: Yes, right? I mean, could there be anything <laughs> more sexy than hauling hauling away people's, like, soil mattresses? I mean, but if they can make it special and unique and customer-centric, um, it really anybody can. You know, they, they really produce to provide. Um, And and he talks about a little bit about his background of the movies he watched as a kid and how he really thinks that this is almost as a Disney performance. And when his people go in there to pick up stuff, you point to stuff and they take it away like it's like it's magic. Right. And you know, that's that's the way things should be today. Uh, You know, and yes, it takes a little bit extra. But, um, you know, that's a company that will do close to a billion dollars in revenue uh,
0: this year junk just got sexy when you put a billion dollars of revenue next to it. So uh, Puba. So Puba is the old man. And there's another character, Sunshine. Correct. And Sunshine and, and, is is getting advice from Puba.
1: So, yeah, Sunshine. Sunshine's in uh, some business. And, you know, he does talk about starting with a uh, a big fortune that he obviously got from some investors and he's making it into a small fortune. So he's not growing the way he wants to. And as... You follow their journey and their discussions, you sense the the growth and transformation of, of not only of sunshine but obviously of his business and uh
0: it's kind of where we leave off right and and It's like sunshine's starting to get it, and that third character is is the reader uh it more or less uh you know fly on the wall or just sitting in the back seat observing or in the case of reality, actually holding the book and reading. And so uh, right away, we, let's talk about the Amazon side of it. You mentioned a bunch of companies, but why Amazon?
1: So, you know, uh, Warren Buffett uh, actually was interviewed a couple weeks ago, and he actually said, don't try to, you know, out Bezos, Jeff Bezos. You just can't do it. He's probably the most brilliant business operator today because not only is he able to manage his success with Amazon as the retailer as you think of it but he's also doing it in b2b services he's also now turned the Washington Post which was you know been close to bankruptcy into a profitable entity so his management style his way of approaching business and like I said we've been students of this for years we were getting ready to write this book years ago um But as we just kept getting more and more information, and by the way, as he shared things, even in his shareholder letters, he's outlined his vision and how to do this for so many years. And I mean, I've just watched so many retailers and so many other businesses struggle because they haven't realized that while the customer has changed, the way they're managing and thinking about organizing their business hasn't. And now we give you their four pillar
0: playbook on what
1: to do to run this business today.
0: Mm hmm four pillars well here's the question what are the four pillars
1: so the four pillars are the uh uh, unifying principles of how to run a business um you and i you know number one i think you know you and i will definitely agree you know a thousand percent is you have to be customer centric Mm -hmm. um uh, and i want to come back to unpack that one because customer centric isn't always what people think it is and it isn't exactly what jeff bezos um, uh, you know, it, it, not the way most people perceive those words to, to be and what they mean. So I really want to explain that in a lot more detail, but obviously number one is customer centric. The second one is you need to have a cult- culture of innovation. Um, we did, we did some work. We spent a couple of years working with Google and the, one of our sponsors there told us, you know, most consultants don't last there very long because they quickly realize that when you're working with Google, it's like, it's like walking on quicksand. Right. The Earth is constantly you know, shaking and moving uh, uh, beneath you. you. You can never get a solid foundation. But I think it's a great metaphor to really understand what the world is like today. You know, customers are evolving faster than ever before. Uh, Mickey Drexler just talked about that uh, in The Wall Street Journal t- today. Right. The famous retailer from J. Crew about, you know, his unexpected that things would change this much. But yes, the customers have evolved that much. Their expectations have changed that much. Uh, And they're being influenced not only by people in your own category, but by people outside of your category, by the Ubers and by, you know, and and by the Amazons. And so
0: we have to think differently. Right. And and by the way, if if there's any company that focuses on innovation, it's it's Amazon. You even in the book at some point, Puba talks about how Amazon uh, spent more on innovation, I believe, uh, more uh, than Google and Apple combined and IBM. Yeah. And, and I mean, IBM. Just, wow, it gets bigger. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know, it's in 50, the billions. 50. It's in the billions. Actually, hold on.
1: I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to put this in real perspective, okay? Okay. okay. Uh, you know, we've been around the industry for a long time, okay? So let's let's it's about 20 years that that Amazon's been out, right? When Amazon first started, their big competitor was Barnes and Noble, right? They were going to be the world's biggest bookstore. Okay? Right. Okay? They're yep.
0: There were a book sell. Here we
1: are, two two decades later, and Amazon is spending about two and a half times in R and D what Barnes and Nobles did in revenue.
0: How do you beat a company that's doing
1: that? Right. That's under. Well, look. look at the end of the day, uh, Jeff Bezos always like to say, "There's you know, there's really one race to the low cost provider." And that's really what they're going to be there's good, like you know just the same way like everyone would say okay we're there's you know nobody's going to beat walmart no you can't out you couldn't out maneuver walmart in the business in that low-end business that they were doing amazon's going into a lot of businesses there's no question but there's a style for the way they do things that not everybody likes and now of course they're going to brick and mortar they're going to be i mean their story's far from done um i i think we're going to see a lot of changes um, and, and how they do a lot of operations over over the next number of years, but there's still big opportunity for companies that leverage the four pillars today. And we've seen it: the companies that have been good at, at leveraging these four pillars before Amazon got into their business, um, Amazon either acquired or, or you know or or, or, uh, or got out of the
0: business. Right, because that's where the competition is now. You mentioned something. I don't want to lose this thought. You said there's one thing that Amazon is doing. Uh, that's uh, in order to compete, the low cost provider. There's uh, that that they want to be a low cost provider. What what is that? Right. Which
1: is which is which is going to bring us which is going to bring us to, to the next pillars.
0: Oh, right? great. Okay. So, mm-hmm.
1: Right. So so we, we've got the customer centricity. We've got the innovation. The innovation doesn't do any good unless you can actually uh, execute on it. So you need to have the agility, right? And this is where they're they're great, and that's why they're called Earth's oldest startup. It's the way they manage their teams. And so everybody's really agile, can respond in in amazingly time. And so they execute and test and fail real quickly so that they can keep learning. That feeds into the last pillar, which is continuous optimization. How do I keep improving what I'm doing, shaving costs, but continually add value to the customer? Right. And so, for example, when you order a product today from Amazon, okay, it takes less than 30 seconds of human. Touch to ship that book because they 've invested so much in their robots
0: so I mean and it 's amazing, and, and it, the robots are efficient, uh, and by the way, uh, we, I want to talk about how sometimes people are worried that robots and automation can eliminate jobs, but the reality is they they support and they make jobs better there's still people in the warehouses it 's not like it 's being run by a computer, and there 's nobody there we 're going to take a short break, and when we come back we 're going to talk more about that the four pillars. I, there's some great quotes from not only Jeff Bezos, but some other amazing business rock stars that I want to talk about that are in the book. So don't go everybody. we're going to be right back. You've been listening to an amazing story that Brian Eisenberg's telling us about his book, "Be Like Amazon." This is amazing business radio. Don't go away. If customer service is the new marketing and content marketing is one of the hottest marketing trends, then it makes sense that your customer service and experience strategy would include a content marketing strategy. Delivering relevant content, not blatant promotional content, is part of the value that you can bring to your customers. You can become an influential voice in your industry, which creates more leads, loyalty, and brand recognition. And that's where PowerPost. Comes in. This solution will help you be more organized and efficient in the way you publish and post content to social channels, websites, blogs, email, and more. And the team at PowerPost can provide consultation and services to help your brand evolve into a modern-day marketer. Turn your company into a publishing machine that adds value to your customer's experience. Learn more at www.powerpost.com digital that's www.powerpost.digital this is amazing business radio with shep hyken back on amazing business radio talk with brian eisenberg author of be like amazon actually brian wrote it with jeffrey eisenberg his brother and roy williams we talked about roy earlier in the interview uh that's who he was referring to roy is an amazing storyteller author uh writer so we just finished up with the four pillars which are being customer centric, a culture of innovation, executing, having agility uh, as you execute and and we wrapped it up with the concept of continuous optimization, making things better. Is that like continuous improvement?
1: Yes, it it, it comes from the, you know, like Kaizen principle, right? That yes. We always focus on getting better. And, the, you know, the funny thing is for people who, who know, you know, Jeffrey and I from our previous books, you know, we've been focused on conversion optimization, online conversion optimization, customer experience for, for two decades. And we got, we got a little frustrated with the, with the industry because everyone or a lot of the people got, got really focused in on the, not the value-added part of the formula. And really, the whole purpose of it is to add value to the experience. Uh, not just changing buttons and colors and, and just random testing. And it's like, um, you know, what Amazon does differently. And, and mind you, they do a lot of experiments okay and a lot of web experiments. They were doing over 200 experiments uh, a year, uh, 200 uh, experiments uh, at any given time, going back even to 2004 when my friend um, was talking about it. So, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, they've been testing a ton, but they do it in every part of their business operations and finance. And it's like you just never quit getting better. And I yeah. think that's that's the whole point it's like you 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 know customer c- continuous optimization is one of the, my favorite quotes in the book is it just shows that you care about the customer
0: you know it and it's hard to hit a moving target, so if you're gonna be a competitor. Uh, In this world of retail, of the world of any type of business, keep in mind that if you've got somebody that's jamming and moving and and constantly trying to improve, constantly being customer focused, constantly uh, just doing what they can to do things a little bit better all of the time, you got to keep up because that's competition that's going to leave you in the dust.
1: Well, it it, it comes back to my favorite Jeff Bezos quote, like ever, okay, which is – uh, you know, he does, he, he talks about, you know, he never worries about the competition. He says, your only job is to keep ahead of the customers. Oh, I love it. Right. Let, every, let everybody it. else worry about the, chasing the competition because the, the customers are the only one that ultimately matters.
0: Yep. I love <laughs> right?
1: it. And then focus on the things that will never change.
0: Right. In the long right. Term. That was, that was the other thing. A great concept in the book is that some, everybody's worrying about what's coming up. And, there, you know, he asked a different question. I'm going to let you finish the story. I don't want to tell your story, but that I, I love that concept of the book. I, you know, I think that's
1: one of those things that people just need to read for themselves, to be honest with you. I mean, like, like one example, is like and I'll, and I'll just leave, we'll leave this one there as an example of continuous optimization and part of the story because he talks about a bunch of them. But no one's ever going to say, hey, I want my product delivered slower.
0: Right. Yeah, let's figure out a way to make it slower. But no, but some things aren't changing. And that's one of the things that Bezos figured out is some things don't change. But what happens in – I just wrote an article this morning. It will come out in a couple of weeks about how customer service has not changed. If you think about it, customer has a problem, a question, whatever, and then they want at the end to be happy. Now, in the middle, a bunch of stuff has changed. You know, right. The processes and the, and the tools right, have right. changed, but that's about it. Yeah, that's it. Everything else is the same. I mean, the general principles are still the same, and people need to realize with all the technology and uh, all of the, you know, the internet and artificial intelligence and social channels and every way to communicate, there are just more ways of doing the same. Amen. Amen. I like that. All right. So, uh your your favorite quote, uh did you just give it to me? Oh yeah, it was. It's keep ahead of the customers. Yep. What a great concept. So, And if you do that, you're keeping ahead of their expectations. And I think customer expectations are changing. Uh, I think the reason they're changing is because of companies like Amazon, because of companies that are the rock stars of customer service that set the bar high, and then they educate the customer as to what great service looks like. And if you're dealing with Amazon today and having a great experience, and then you go talk to your, uh, your sales representative from the vendor that you do business with in your company, company you know you're gonna why can't they be as good as amazon so everybody else is being compared to the rock stars of today oh, it, it,
1: you know and there's other companies like like starbucks
0: right and yep, you, you talk, talk about, about them it the other the day yep.
1: right well yeah but you, and, and you also talked about them how you know the other day they couldn't take their money they didn't have a process for doing right. it. The machines went down but they turned that that lemons into lemonade no pun intended here uh or as, as, as same way as you quote in the article and they just gave away the coffee because that was the right Thing to do, yeah. right? And that, and that's the whole point. You want to and know like, the coolest just, part well,
0: about that story? And, and I wish I would have known this before I published the article. And and I wrote this article. It was in, uh, was it in my newsletter? Yeah, it was in my newsletter. Right? Is that where, yeah? Yeah, that's where you got it. So it was about how Amazon, <clears throat> their payment system went down, so they couldn't take credit cards for any of the drinks. And they said, hey, rather than close the doors, let's just give away the drinks. And I love that idea, but here's what the cool thing was: the decision to do so was not made at the top. It was made at the store level.
1: That's right, front People line. People
0: empowered what to do. Yep.
1: Yeah, they empowered their 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 employees because he, here's the thing, and this is this is what we talk about in chapter ten, where where we talk about you know how to take um you know how to take your why right um, actions express beliefs. Right. There's no question that Starbucks believes that you have to do the right thing for customers. Now, I'm going to tell you something I I find uh, inspiring. And I think there's a lot of people who actually uh, believe the same thing, because I'm looking at uh, the most popular highlight of uh, the book uh, from Kindle. Right. I've I've got that data and um, it's one of the quotes early on in the book, and it really tells you everything. I think It really sums up what we were just talking about. It says, one, don't water the soup. It's a dumb thing to do that it's it's dumb to do things that produce immediate profit when what you're doing isn't in the best interest of the
0: customer. You're not only two, deleting you're, you're not only diluting the soup, you're diluting your customer base right? long term. Yep, two, two,
1: don't fall into the trap of linear, no threshold thinking when looking at data. And then three, for the love of God, don't eat the marshmallow. Right. Uh, and for those who haven't read the book or, or know the famous marshmallow test, don't look at things from the short term. And that's what Starbucks is. And, you know, if they had to turn away thousands of customers from their store that day, you know what? There's hundreds of other coffee shops. Right. Maybe they don't yep. come back. What's the one cup of coffee? Even if they lost $10,000 that day, one store, they'll make it back in three weeks, Yeah. four yep. weeks, whatever it is, because and... they did the right thing. And how much media coverage did they get because they gave it –
0: long-term thinking right and you know what here's the cool thing they weren't thinking about the media coverage when they made the decision no the media coverage was a bonus and at the end of the day you go wow uh i guess we did the right thing that was pretty smart (laughs) but really we did what was right for the customer which i think is ultimately the smartest thing that you can do
1: but but here's the thing that's frightening chef and, and i know you'll you'll appreciate this which is the bar to this is really set low. Very the low. It got so much, the reason it got so much—the reason it got so much coverage—and because it's that remarkable. Because not everybody does it. I know. And it's like I, I'm going to give you an example, okay? And it, and it shocked me, okay? And it'll shock you as so well. I was at the Ritz Carlton uh, in Orlando a couple of weeks ago for a corporate event, and I'm there for, overnight. And I just, I flew in with my backpack and I had my shirt folded up and I get to, and I get to the hotel and they tell me they can't check me in their computer systems are down. And I'm like, okay, this is a rich car. Computer systems are down. So here's a card. You can go to the spa you can relax. And here's a coupon for a free drink and stuff like that. And so I tell the front desk, really, all I want they to do is, you know, get in, hang up my shirt. So I'm okay for tomorrow and run to the conference and nothing set me on my way. Okay. So I go into the conference. Um, they take my number. They're going to call me when they can get me into a room. Finally, it's two hours later. I didn't hear anything. I sent a message on Twitter, uh, to the rich Cor- corporate. I got a phone call immediately. They got me into my room. Okay. They didn't do a great job. They failed. The front desk manager called me, um, as soon as I got back to, to Austin and she profusely apologized and said, you know what? Thank you for providing us a great learning opportunity. Exactly. Because, we had the facility where we could have taken and hung your shirt. We could have even ironed it for you, <laughs> okay? And what we should have had, and this is something that we talk about all the time. is like, you know, a computer system or power or any of these things, th- these regular non-active God things that go wrong should have been planned. And so there should have been a backup saying, okay, where's the physical backups to get people into their rooms? And so there should have been printouts. of people. They were expecting me. Right. So that they could have gotten me in my room right away.
0: Right. And you know what? The cool thing is, I think, and this is an important point. You know, it's sad to talk about how the Ritz failed, but they didn't fail. In the end, they took a problem and they turned it into an opportunity. They took what might be considered a failure, but it. it I would look at it this way. Yeah, they messed up that day. And I've emphasized this over and over. In every book, I write about companies and All of them. And, and, hey, we're talking about Amazon. We're talking about Starbucks. Uh, I believe you mentioned Sam Walton, Warren Buffett. Uh, And in the book, there's multiple companies. At any given time, these companies make mistakes. They're not perfect, but it's the way they – use those mistakes to take their business to another level. It's the way they turn them around and make them right. And the companies have the best systems and the processes in place. I mean, you reached out to corporate. Corporate then let the uh, local Ritz know down in Orlando. The front desk manager called you. It was done by the book, perfectly executed on a moment of misery and how you turn that moment of misery into a moment of magic. And here we are telling the great story.
1: Yeah, and they told me anytime I come back, please let her know and they'll take care of me.
0: Yeah, they're going to iron your shirt.
1: But here's here's the thing, and we talk about it in the book, right? It's not that every customer who touches you is going to meet your best employee on their best day, right? Very often, they're going to run into your average employee or below average employee on their worst day, okay? And what you do with that and how you deal with that, you know, maybe that, that front desk clerk was a new trainee, didn't really know what to do, didn't think about it, and that's why it didn't happen. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But that's how they're going to fix the system, so it doesn't happen again. And that's the beauty of of, of a great example. I, I have this example I use with my with my daughter. Today's uh, uh, happens to be her 16th birthday. She's a big fan of Lush. Uh, you know that's, that's the cosmetics. With, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the cosmetics, and she'll she'll go and get bath bombs and masks. Oh, and okay, so,
0: time out, she, time out. She's yes. 16, and for her birthday, you're going to take her for a facial instead of give her a car. Come on, Dad! What,
1: no, no, well, no. She's got, she's got. <laughs> we got the car. We got the car ready. My, my brother bought her a whole thing from Lush. Oh, good. Okay. But this is a story. How she went to Lush a few weeks ago. They opened up a second store here in Austin, and she goes and she purchases something, a, a facial mask, with a friend. Two of them bought something, and she's driving the way home, and it's about a twenty-minute ride to her house. But she's about fifteen minutes um, uh, away from the store, almost at the house, and she says, "You know, I want to smell, you know, the mask." So She opens it up. And she looks at it, and it looks like someone's fingers were in it. Now, if you've ever seen any pictures on Instagram or Facebook of the stuff that comes from labs, it's usually really smooth and well-packed, okay? Um, and I show this actually in my, in my keynote presentations just as one example. And so she calls up on the phone saying, hey, I just opened this up, and it doesn't look right. And so the person on the phone says, oh, yeah, no problem. Just come on back, and uh, you know, we'll exchange it. No, no, no questions asked. You know, She just left the store. I mean, you're talking about – you know, maybe a half hour total you right. know, time. So they turn around with a friend. They drive back to the store. They bring it in. She goes to another employee and the place says, no, that's normal. And leaves her like that again. Maybe not the best employee on nope. not their best day. OK, and how she came home after that, of course, upset and frustrated. And so, I mean, I reached out to Lush uh, on her behalf on Twitter um and you know they they sent her a a a gift coupon but you know her feelings are not the same towards Lush from the first time right Right. because they actually have a big sign in their store that says the customer is always right and here's the thing that's marketing speak because your actions express your priority and your beliefs and like we said
0: with Starbucks they show the customer comes first Yep, and they did. And by the way, my my belief is the customer is really not always right, but they're always the customer. So make them feel like they're right. Treat them with dignity. Treat them with respect, even if they're wrong. All right, we have time for one more nugget. I want you to think, what's the one thing that you, if you haven't shared it, we want to hear it, or if you want to emphasize it, we want to know what's most important. But what do you want this audience to walk away with hearing today?
1: You know, In the book, we share a lot of stories from, like I said, from jewelers, from HVAC, from 1-800-GOT-JUNK. You know, in my keynote presentations, I'll share stories of pest control guys, uh, a donut factory. Um, Any business can do this any business can leverage this, those four pillars and we tell you exactly how to do it, how Jeff Bezos has managed to get all his teams on the same page. Uh, there's a process that we use and we teach it. You can do this. Okay. Um, and it's the tiny things that make a huge difference in the customer experience. And if you can take your beliefs and you focus on them and you get your team all on the same page, uh, and you give them that opportunity to take responsibility, take action, because today we have the data, we don't need tons of middle management to, to keep an eye on everybody, we have data that keeps an eye on everybody, then you can be a total customer service and customer experience rock star.
0: Wow, this is great. Brian, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it is my pleasure, and uh, I, I hope everybody will uh, will go out and get a copy of the book. If they want a little preview of it, they can go to be BeLikeAmazon.com and actually download. Uh, they'll, they'll get the first three chapters for free, just in case they, they, you know, they don't want to spend the money on a book.
0: Well, and if that doesn't get you to <laughs> want to read the book, I don't know what will, because I think you'll enjoy it. It's easy to read, and that's what I love. Great information, easy to read. It's not rocket science. It's real life. I love it. Stay ahead of the customer. Just Like Jeff Bezos, You Can Be Like Amazon, which is the name of the book. Be Like Amazon. Even a lemonade stand can do it by Jeffrey and Brian Eisenberg with Roy H. Williams. We've been talking with Brian Eisenberg, a rock star in the world of customer service and knowing how Amazon operates. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Amazing Business Radio. We're going to see you next week. And in the meantime, remember, always be amazing.